I'm Pastor Jeff. I'm one of the uh, assistant pastors here at Grace. Uh, it's my honor to share the word this morning. Um, I want to talk to you about big moments in life. Big moments in life. How many of you had a big moment come up that was so good that you couldn't pass it up? You just had to take advantage of the opportunity. Like a big once-in-a-lifetime moment. Uh, for me, when I was a child, I was a lover of basketball. I loved basketball, and in particular, I loved Syracuse University basketball. You know, they had a win yesterday. That was good. That was good. But uh, at, when I was a child, I remember looking on the TV, and I remember seeing players like Sherman Douglas and Derek Coleman and Ronnie Cycli and Derek Brower and all of these guys, and I remember thinking, these guys are so big that it's, it's, it's like they're unattainable. They're, there's no way to reach them. They're so high up. And I remember one time that my school district had a fundraiser, and they invited Ronnie Sykley to come. Now, I don't know if you know who Ronnie Sykley is, but he was seven foot tall, so I remember him having to duck down underneath the doors in order to get in. And I remember thinking, wow, this guy is so big. And I remember bringing up to him a program that you buy at the Dome, and it had his picture on it. And I brought it up to him, could you sign this? And he signed it, and I remember being so excited, and I have it to this very day, that, that program. It was something that I talked about for years afterwards. And I remember another moment where I was a child, and I walked into a restaurant, and Jim Beheim was there. And I remember being so excited, and I'm, I'm telling my parents, look, it's Jim Beheim." And at that moment, I thought, there's no way that I could walk away from that moment without taking advantage of the opportunity of introducing myself. And so this shy boy starts walking up to him, I taps him on the arm, excuse me, coach? And he looks down, and he goes, well, hello there. Coach, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Jeff Hill, and I'm going to play for you one day. And, and, and he thanks me. He goes, thank you for pointing that out to me, and I look forward to you coming to me later on. And, and, and I was, okay, okay, and I walked back to my parents, and I was so excited. And it, it was, it, it, you know, obviously my basketball career did not take off after that. Um, I stopped growing, and, um, you know, I, I got a little larger. And, you know, my body was built more for football than basketball, and so my highest achievement was being uh, the captain of the JV squad. And, and then I kind of peaked at that moment. But uh, I, I, I want to talk to you today about opportunities. And so perhaps there's moments that you're thinking about right now uh, that big moments that were so big that you couldn't pass it up. And maybe there, maybe you're on the other side of that, of something that you look back and you thought, man, that was such a golden opportunity, and I let it slip by. I let it pass me by, and now I still have regrets about it to this very day. And so I want to talk to you today about this divine moment that we're in right now. I believe that God orchestrates divine moments for every single one of us, and that we have this opportunity to either embrace them or we allow the moment to pass us by. And so I want to encourage you today to take a hold of this moment. 
God right now is in this place. He is here. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to set you free. But all you have to do at the moment is to reach out and to take his hand. He makes it easy for us. There isn't anything that we have to conjure up. We don't have to work ourselves into a tizzy. He's right there reaching out his hand. All we have to do is reach out and grab it and and allow him to do what only he can do in your life. And so I want to talk to you today about not letting this moment pass by. Don't let this moment pass by. We're going to take a look at a story in the Bible where a woman couldn't let a divine moment pass her by. Will you join me in looking at Luke chapter 8, uh, verse 40 through 48. Luke 8, verses 40 through 48. When Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Just then, a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house, because he had only, because he, He had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years who had spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed by any, approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. And they all denied it. Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me. I know that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now I want you to look at this moment here. We're talking about this woman who had this issue with bleeding for 12 years. I want you to see the desperation in this moment. You know, she she had been bleeding for 12 years. Verse 43 says that she had spent all she had to be cured and still there was no cure to be found. She wasn't even supposed to be there in the crowd because of this condition. And here she hears that Jesus is in the area. She sees him walking by, and, and she thinks this, is, this might be the moment. And here another person comes up, another person who says, I need you to come by. My daughter is ill, and my daughter has a problem. And so Jesus is starting to leave to go to someplace else. And so here this woman who has been struggling with this condition for 12 years is seeing her moment about to pass by. And she thought, I can't let this stand. I have to, I, I have to pursue him. And, and, and I'm not going, I'm not going to allow the discouragement of these past 12 years to stop me from getting, uh, to, to be, to meet with Jesus Christ. And that's my first point today is to do not let discouragement stop you. Don't let discouragement stop you. 12 years. This woman had been dealing with this. Twelve years of her going to the doctors. Twelve years of this cycle of hope and then discouragement as remedy after remedy after remedy was brought to her. So twelve years she's in this moment. And uh, I'm reminded that 
with, with, with her having this thing for such a long period of time, it had to be pretty helpless, wouldn't you think? Without hope, there's no way that this is going to happen, but there was just that, that just little moment where she thought, just maybe this would be my moment. Just maybe God will heal me at this moment. It reminds me of a story in Acts chapter 3 of the man by the gate called Beautiful who had been lame for years. All of his life, he, was, he wasn't a, didn't have the ability to walk. And then at that moment, um, he was there begging at the gate and then the disciples walked by and he was healed in Jesus' name. So here, here, here's, my, here's my, what I want you to focus on. Is, is that you may be going through something and it has been years. It could be 12 years. It could be something that you have faced all of your life. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter how long of a stretch the darkness is. That all it takes is that one moment where Jesus shines light in your situation. And it will illuminate your life. Cast away the darkness. And you will be healed in Jesus name. It only takes that moment. You can have the lights off in your house. For days on days on days. But if it's still connected to the power, all it takes is the flip of the light switch and the light will chase away the darkness. And here we see this woman who has had darkness in her life for 12 years and then she has one encounter with Jesus Christ and the light of His healing, the light of His power, lights up her life and brings her healing in Jesus' name. That is the, that is the hope that we have today. Is that it doesn't matter how long that you've been in it. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation might be. He is there right here at this moment to bring healing, to shine light into your life. All we have to do is reach out and take his hand. Don't let this moment pass you by. Another, another good, uh, a point of good news about this is that in this story with the woman found bleeding, Jesus healed her because he was there. But with the issue with the man in Acts chapter 3 who was lame, it wasn't Jesus, was it? It was one of his disciples. And so that is the big thing about Christianity today. That is why we are a Pentecostal church, because it was never God's intention for miracles to happen only in a three-year span that Jesus was on this earth. Instead, Jesus went and said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he also said that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. So you see today, at this moment, Jesus is here with his Holy Spirit, but there are going to be people here, human beings, that have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to pray the prayer of faith, and so that you can be healed in Jesus' name. Don't let this moment pass you by. Don't let discouragement stop you. It's more than just physical healing. There's more, than, there's more to His healing power than Him to just touch the physical. Some of you today have emotional hurts. Things that have plagued you for years and years and years. And God needs to touch your heart. Some of you have had things going on in your mind. And you need God to bring order there and to touch your mind. Some of you have issues even with your relationships and it requires a healing of your hearts together so that your relationships can be made whole once again. There is more to healing than just the physical today. And so if you are struggling in your heart, if you're struggling in your mind, perhaps there's something here that perhaps is a spiritual issue. 
There is deliverance found in Jesus today. If you take a look at Psalms chapter 147, verse 3, it says that he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. In Isaiah 53, it says, Yet he bore he himself bore our sickness, and he carried our pains. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We have healing available to us today because of Jesus Christ. All we have to do is reach out and take his hand. Don't let this moment pass you by. The second thing that I want to talk to you about is, is not only should we not let uh, a discouragement to stop us, but we shouldn't let our insecurities stop us. What this woman did was bold. It was bold because under the law at the time, she was considered unclean. Um, under Old Testament law, God placed requirements on his people. Some of these requirements speak of moral standings. Things like worshiping other gods or homosexuality or other things like that. Moral issues at the time. Uh, and and uh, of this time as well. But uh, there were other things that were also at play in Old Testament law. And some of those were ceremonial laws. Laws that were designed to focus humanity on our complete need of Him. Laws that were designed to point out humanity is full of sin and there's ramifications for it. And now I want you, I want you to be not only be focused on that, but if you turn to me in these ceremonial ways, then it will focus your brain on I need to, I need Jesus to rescue me in this moment. And so, with this, with this thing here, we see this woman who has been bleeding for 12 years. She didn't have a moral issue. This wasn't like she had deliberately sinned against God. This was just something that had happened. But because of the Old Testament trying to point us to Christ and trying to point us to this way of saying, um, you, you, you need me in every situation, she is found in this, in this cycle where it's 12 years and she's unclean. And so where we find this in the Old Testament is Leviticus chapter 15. And on my Bible, the title of that chapter says bodily discharges. It's a fun chapter, don't you think? I don't want to talk about secretions and things like that. I don't know. So with that understanding, let's take a look at what Leviticus says. Leviticus 15, starting with verse 25. When a woman has a discharge of her blood for many days, though it is not the time of her menstruation, or, or she has a discharge beyond her period, she will be unclean all the days of her unclean discharge as, as she is during her days of menstruation. Any bed she lies on during the days of her discharge will be like her bed during menstruation impurity. Any furniture she sits on will be unclean as her menstruation period. Everyone who touches them will be unclean as well. He must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. When she is cured of her discharge, she is to count seven days, and after she will be clean. On the eighth day, she must take two turtle doves or two young pigeons and bring to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to sacrifice one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. In this way, the priest will make an atonement for her and make before the Lord because of her unclean discharge. Aren't you glad today 
that that is something that we no longer fall under. That because of the blood of Jesus Christ that we don't have to do that anymore. I, I'm saying this as a man, so I'm sure that you women are feeling quite rejoicing at the moment. Um, but uh, this is something that we don't have to face today because of Jesus Christ. But let's face it, this health issue was a huge inconvenience for her. And so not only does she have this physical thing that is causing her to have problems, but she has this emotional disconnect from the rest of society. Because if they come into contact with her, they'll be unclean as well. And so she's had years of people putting up their hands like this and going, stay away. She had years of people pointing at her and saying, you're unclean. Years of people pointing at her saying, you're not worthy. Years of saying that you're dirty. Years of saying that you cannot be in our presence, in our midst. And, and, and so after years and years and years of that, you could see how she might feel insecure about going to Jesus in this way. And so in this moment, she is, she is reminded of all of her shortcomings. She's reminded of this disconnect that she has with all of these people, but she hears that Jesus might be better. And so she says, I'm not going to let insecurity stop me from this moment. I'm going to go there. And then when he's about to leave, he goes, I can't let this moment pass by. I'm going to go to them. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what if anybody knows of my situation. I need to get to Jesus so that he can touch my life and make me whole again. And so we have here this woman reaching out and saying, I need to have Jesus in my life. Another thing that we have to look at here is, is that with this woman coming to Jesus the way she did, because of Old Testament law and Leviticus 15.27 that we just read, she just made Jesus unclean. So she comes here with her uncleanness grabs a hold of him, and because of that, now he's unclean. The Son of God, creator of the universe, and she just goes up there and says, boom, now he's unclean, just like that. But that's just the way it is with Jesus, isn't it? We have the all of the sins in our life, all of the imperfections, all of the failures in our life, and we come to Jesus Christ, and he willingly takes it upon himself so that we could be made whole once again. That's what he did on the cross. That's what he did with his resurrection. He came so that we could have life again. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says that he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God. You see, Jesus is always taking our uncleanness upon him, so that we once again could be made whole. We have to ignore all the negative things that we hear. We have to ignore all of the things that are in the inside of us saying, don't go there. You're not worthy. Stop. Overcome that insecurity in Jesus' name. Don't let that moment pass you by so that you can reach out, touch Jesus, and be whole once again. Don't let discouragement stop you. Don't let insecurity stop you. But also, don't ignore His call. Why does Jesus do any of this? Why is it even a thing for him? 
It's because he loves us. It's because he loves us. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 8, verses 47 and 48 once again. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Now take a look at that moment. Jesus is asking, who touched me? Who touched me? He wasn't letting it go. And so she comes with this sense of fear, this sense of trembling, like, I, I, I've messed up now. I've, I've overstepped my bounds. And so she comes trembling. I, it was me. And I had this issue and I was so desperate. I just wanted, I just wanted to be healed again. And, and, and just, and I touched you and I'm healed. And, and she had this sense of, of fear. And here Jesus responds, daughter. Today, at this moment, God is calling out to each and every one of you. And He is saying, son. He is saying, daughter. He is calling you today to Himself. And here we see that not only is, is, is she being made whole physically, but she's being made whole spiritually. You see, physical healing doesn't mean anything if we are still relationally disconnected with Jesus Christ. So He does any of this, He does it so that we can once again have relationship with Him. It's because He loves us so much that He doesn't want you to spend eternity without Him. So here today, you may come forward, you may reach out and touch Jesus' hand and be healed in Jesus' name, but please do not uh, ignore the fact that He is calling you to Himself. He's calling you to relationship. And it's, and it's for us to recognize today that it wasn't enough for her to be healed because he could have just gone by, oh, somebody got healed. He probably even knew who it was. And he could have walked around for the rest of the day and it would have been no problem whatsoever to him. But he said, no, I need her to know that she is a daughter. I need her to know that she's accepted and loved by me. Here's the other thing. Because he went and called her out, she's now been made whole in the eyes of her community. Because they now know she's been healed. She no longer has the issue. You see, God wants to minister to every aspect of your life. Every aspect. So if you have a problem in your relationships, be healed in Jesus' name. If you have a problem in your heart, be healed in Jesus' name. If you have a problem in your mind, be healed in Jesus' name. If you have a problem in your body, be healed in Jesus' name. But in all of this, please don't miss this moment where not only you can be healed, but you hear the voice of God calling you and say, come to me, repent, so that I can give you life once again. Don't let this moment pass you by.